cluttered home, cluttered mind. Have you guys heard that expression? Well, more and more research is coming out that parallels a cluttered home with a stressful home. Today's instructor, Monica Lee, began organizing in 2012, co-founding Simply Spaced, an organizing service focused on transforming cluttered minds and spaces. With a full roster of celebrity and high-profile clients, Simply Spaced is one of the most sought-after organizing companies in Los Angeles. Monica believes everyone can live in a beautiful, joyful home that inspires creativity, calm, and purpose, regardless of size. By the end of this class, you will have action steps for living with less, concrete steps for decluttering your space, and tools and tricks to think like an organizer. Homeschooled is in session. Welcome students. At Homeschooled, we know that becoming a homeowner changes your life in a big way, and we're here to help. Every week, your hosts, Aaron Massey and Tracy Pendergast, will introduce you to a guest instructor who will teach you to tackle your home projects with confidence. If you're ready to do some homework, you're in the right place. Homeschooled is in session. Now get your ass to class. Monica, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. What inspired you to start Simply Spaced and what is it? We are a full service professional organizing company. And right now we're based out of LA, but so we service the greater LA area. And um, we're also now in New York. We organize all spaces, um, everything in the house from garages to offices to kitchens and pantries to emergency preparedness <laughs> setups, you know, we, we pretty much do it all. And, um, we actually work with some partner services where we've now started to help, um, families organize their photos and digital organizing, but, um, it's primarily space organizing. Um, in 2011, uh, my husband and I were in a crazy car accident. We got hit by a drunk driver in a head on collision at 70 miles an hour. Oh and, um, <laughs> at that particular time in my life, I was really, really overwhelmed. I was working 17 hour days. My life was a complete mess. I was just running a million miles an hour. But after the car accident, I physically wasn't able to do the kind of work that I was doing before. And it really, in that downtime, I uh, um, started to reassess my life and declutter my life. I started going through my own house and you know, in my mind, I was thinking through all the things that weren't serving me. And I just became incredibly intentional, intentional about what I wanted to fill my life with both physically, with my career, with my things, with the people in my life. And I realized that there was this incredible need for other people to do the same thing. And so I started working after the car accident with friends and all of a sudden I realized there was just so much opportunity to help people declutter their own lives at some point where film industry was feast or famine, the organizing world was just on fire. And this was, you know, seven or eight years ago. So before organizing was a big thing, but I saw an opportunity there and I realized that there was a huge demand because everybody is overwhelmed. Everybody's drowning in clutter, whether it is physical or emotional. And there wasn't one person who I pitched the idea to who wasn't fascinated by what I was doing. All of a sudden, like champagne problems, I had more work more autonomy over my life, more of a schedule. And I just dove in and that's what I've been doing ever since. Wow. Well, it seems like you know firsthand how simplicity and order can transform a life because you've seen a major shift in your life. So we're ready to get schooled and to learn how we can implement this in our own lives. All right. You're the expert. You're about to teach me how to organize my life. <laughs> Go dive in. <laughs> no, we're, don't worry. We'll lead you with some questions. Um, we're just we're gonna be here a while. <laughs> 
So let's just start at the beginning. Why is simplicity and order so important in your home? I really believe that, you know, I, I think there's a book I was just reading. I probably have it around here somewhere that says that the home is a mirror of the self. And I really do believe that. I think that outer order does contribute to inner calm. I think that was Gretchen Rubin's book that she wrote recently, and that summarizes it pretty clearly. But when you walk into a home, it either is supporting you or it's thwarting you. And I really do believe that because whether we're conscious of it or not, our homes are set up in a way that, I mean, we spend like 80% of our time indoors over the course of our lives. And whether we realize it or not, we're being affected by everything that's happening inside the house all the time. So whether it's conscious or unconscious, if there's a pile in the clutter, that can be an energy center that's you're not even aware of how much it's stressing you out. But if you actually do start to pay attention, every time you're looking at that pile, it can cause you stress and it can cause you anxiety and you start to feel like a failure. One thing to point out is that it's different for everybody. So when you're cohabitating in a space, one person's response to that to a pile in the corner might be completely different than the three other people in the room. Let's just jump into what are your action steps for living with less? So let me start with my framework because I really... I think living with less is a part of it, but I think there's a little bit more than that because um, in in the popular conversations around organizing, I think it's always about decluttering, which I think is great. And that's always where we start. Marie Kondo really started a, a phenomenon with the question of does it spark joy and should we, what can we get rid of to make our lives, you know, better? And I think that that was I've seen so many people really respond to that mindset. And I think that that is really a wonderful place to start. I think that it's not just about what you let go of though. It's in how you simplify. My method is three steps. So that's to simplify, streamline, and style. That's how I approach any space. And my methodology is is to first declutter. So let go of anything that doesn't bring you joy or that you, in my framework, I use, do you love it, need it, or use it? That's kind of where I start. If you don't love it, need it, or use it, like I don't necessarily, my strainer doesn't necessarily bring me joy, but I, I love, I need it, you know? So simplifying is always the first step, getting rid of anything that's not serving you. But then I think it's a little bit more than that. Part of our framework is to streamline. So that's to, you know, optimize your space. Once you've gotten rid of everything that's not serving you, what do you do with it? you have things left over. Sometimes people get rid of everything and they're like, well, I'm still missing something or, you know, I don't know what to do with all these things. So it's important to then think about how do you optimize this space by bringing in shelving or, you know, bringing in cohesive bins or, you know, maximizing a wall. I kind of did that in my office, you know, because this is a dual office, uh, office slash guest room. So I had to maximize space. So that's the streamlining of it all. And then um, the third step in my methodology is to style. So not only are you letting go of what doesn't serve you and optimizing the space with what you have, but also styling your space so that it's a reflection of you, so that it inspires you. Part of all of that is to just be really intentional about what it is that you keep once you've let go of everything. (laughs) You know, you do this massive declutter in your space, but then what? Right. Right. So shifting your mindset to one of gratitude for what you have and, um, and shifting to a quality over quantity mindset is really what's necessary because otherwise what people do is they just keep buying, right. And we keep consuming 
And it's not intentional because nothing's ever really enough anyway. So it's just this, it's, we get stuck on this consumer mentality. And I think what's really cool about what's happening now is that people start, are starting to shift that mindset. So they're starting to appreciate a less is more, a quality over quantity lifestyle rather than sticking with this consumerist mentality where nothing's ever good enough. So that's kind of the exciting thing about what I think is happening right now um, in popular culture and just as a society is that people are starting to want to simplify their lives. Um, So you can use my framework, you can do whatever you can, but I really think it starts with the mindset of, you know, committing to a less is more and a more intentional way of living. I love that. I I think a lot of organizers I see out there, um, I mean, we've all seen accounts on Instagram and follow the pretty, pretty pictures. I'm seeing a lot of styling, but I look at them and say, wow, that's really pretty. I love that the books are color coded like a rainbow. But is there less? Because a lot of things I think people look at and they end up buying more to try to achieve that look. And it's not necessarily thinning out what they have. So I love that process. Right. Well, I think it the framework that I created is sort of helps you walk through that very intentionally. So mm-hmm. what people do is they do that. They see the styling, they see the finished product and they want that, you know, which is you can achieve that mm-hmm. if it's done intentionally. Right? right. But you have to first let go of what you don't need. You have to take what you have and optimize it and optimize the space. And then you can style it and make it look beautiful. But many people skip to the styling and they buy 25,000 different bins and they think it's going to all look good together. And you have to be intentional. You have to measure for the space and, you know, shop for that space. It has to be very intentional. So there is a process that I think you can go through and typically people do just kind of want to jump to the styling and then they're like, well, it doesn't work because that's not actually how I use the space, you know? So there's, there is a, a, a process that can be imparted to, you know, get you there in a more intentional way. So once you've pared down all the stuff and you have an organized home, what are you thinking about before you bring anything new into the home? How are you shifting your mindset to make sure it doesn't get back to square one? It's a good question. I think like I was saying, you know, I, I feel like, first of all, it's being really grateful for what it is that you have. Gratitude goes a really long way. When you realize that we're never ultimately satisfied as human beings by anything, we always, as soon as we get something, we, as soon as we get a shiny new toy, we really appreciate it for just a few minutes and then we move on to the next thing. So when you understand that about human nature, it makes it a lot easier to, to be more conscious when you're shopping, asking yourself the questions, do I really need this is really absolutely fundamental. I think also one of the things that's been really interesting that I've seen over time, and this is kind of a phenomenon is that because we're so addicted to the high of shopping, we love that. It's like a fix, right? You go out, you shop, you buy something and you're like, oh, it feels great for that moment. What I've seen people do in this whole decluttering phase with the Marie Kondos and the obsession with organization and where it comes from is obviously a desire for living more simply, that people can shift their mindset into this or can actually experience the same high that they get from shopping, from decluttering. And I think that when you start to do that, you realize that it feels really good it's cathartic. It feels good to be in control of your space. And what we're actually looking for isn't just the stuff or to have this perfect life. It's actually the feeling that comes from having it, which is temporary, right? So it's been kind of cool to see people get into this process and see them get excited about letting things go and what that feels like, because it's the same. 
it's the same kind of feeling that we're looking for. And so I encourage people to start with something small, whether it's a drawer or the car or whatever it is, and just see the feeling that happens when you take control over that space. Because I think ultimately what we're all looking for is control, right? And to feel less overwhelmed. And there's an amazing thing that happens when you start to go through this process of decluttering your life where you see the advantages of it and you no longer want to be an unconscious consumer. I'm the king of like holding on to something for like two years, three years, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to use this and I'll throw it away. And then like literally the next day or like two weeks later, I'm like, man, I need that. <laughs> like I have not used it in two years and yet now I need it very right after I threw it away. I don't know why. It's just the thing. People say that, but I think that's, it's, it's only because it's on your radar. Like it's probably the reality is, is like, if it's something really important, you probably would use it. I'm not saying get rid of everything, but if you're not using it regularly, it's just clutter. Right. And you only know if it's clutter, if it's causing you anxiety, like there's nothing wrong with keeping something. If it doesn't interfere with your day-to-day life, the problem is always when the clutter becomes out of control and you have to ask yourself the question is hanging on to it for two years and having to see it for two years and looking at it. I never use it. And it's just moving from one house, one area of the house to the other. Is that two years worth, you know, the one time where you have to go shop when you actually need it. Right. Right. Because most people, that's what happens. They have that thing for 10 years and they move it from the kitchen to the living room, to the bedroom. They stick it under the bed. They, put it in the garage, they stick it outside, half eaten by moths or whatever. <laughs> and then it's just causing them stress the entire time where it's really, they could have just 10 years later, just bought it when they needed it. So I kind of, it's a little bit of a balancing act, but you have to decide how important it is to you to feel in control of your space or hang on to every single thing that you might need maybe someday. So one of the struggles I have in my home, I have two children under four And I also enjoy a very organized home. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to have a home where things are organized and, you know, feels clean. But I also don't want it to hinder my children's experience or like the way that I parent, if that makes sense. I don't want to constantly be stressed about messes. And I'm trying to find that that happy medium to, you know, how we can all live in this home and have some bit of order, but also feel spontaneous and not worry about the messes and the small stuff. What are some, what are some ways you suggest to kind of create that, that environment? So the first thing is to understand that it's never going to look like the magazine. It's never going to look like any of the pictures on the house. Nobody lives in their lives like the Pinterest page or the Instagram page or the magazine spread. Never a day in my life. I tell people this all the time. I'm a professional organizer. If you walk into my house, it's not going to look like that. Mm -hmm. All of those photos have been styled. However, the key is to understand that it can get that way. Okay. The problem where where people get mixed up is that things don't have a home. There is no system right? There is nowhere to put them away when you need to. Half the battle is knowing that when it's a mess, it can be put away. It can go away. There is a system to it. So the, what we do is try to help people set up those systems and teach people how to get it back to baseline. That's what my, my operations managers calls it. And I love that. It's like, how do you get it back to baseline? Well, you can't get it back to baseline if you don't have the systems in place to get it there right? Like your house can be a total mess. My house is a mess all the time. My husband's not organized. 
Um, but I have the system in place to know that things can get back there very easily Okay, because I have it set up that way. So it does kind of take that initial setup of, you know, being intentional, having homes for everything. If you can get it to that place, then it's just a matter of maintaining it. And there's a couple different ways that you can do that. You know, if you have, sometimes you have to just set up the systems to maintain it. Maybe it's a housekeeper, maybe it's delegation of responsibilities. Maybe it's teaching the kids by putting, because the systems are there, maybe there's labels on the bins. The kids can also put things away. You can teach them to do that. So I think it's less about it always being in order, but much more about knowing that it can get back there easily. And to do that, you really have to set it up in a way you have to set up your home in a way to make that possible. I feel like I need a shirt that says, take me back to baseline. There's something, there's something to that. Trademark that. I think, uh, (laughs) I think what I want to do is just install one of those rooms where you can just go in there and smash things. You've seen those oh, ones smash where, like, room. you know, where you can just put stuff in there and you just go in there and you just, you could just have a mess room. Uh, just have a room, room attached to your house that's just literally for messes. That's what my playroom is. Oh, Thank you, you very go. much. You just have, you know, hand your kids all your old electronics and say, go to town. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's a great idea in a lot of ways. There are many houses that I go into where they, I mean, it's not a smash room, but it's kind of like, that's the kid's playroom. You know, I've done playrooms where... The entire, everything is beautiful, but there's paint all over the carpet and there's paint on the walls and there's Play-Doh in the couch, you know, and those, that's just life. That's the way, you know, that's just life. I think it, especially for parents having, having the opposite of that is also important. You know, they, like a room of one's own, a room that you can feel is in control, whether it's an office, whether it's the bathroom, because sometimes you, even when all the systems are there there's still Play-Doh in the couch and there's paint all over the floor, you know, and those are things you just can't control. So on to keep your own sanity, I think it's very important to have your own space that is in control. It could be your bedroom. I always suggest for couples that a bedroom is that place where a lot of times you don't have a sanctuary in the bedroom because kids are coming in and out, but you have the opportunity to. So even if you only have one space in the house, whether it's the bathroom where you can go and take a bath and light your candles and that's in control or an office or the bedroom or wherever it is, you need to have some space that feels uh, supportive to you and feels in control. Because I think even when you have that one sanctuary in the home, everything else can be in chaos and you still feel in control. Oh, I love that idea. I'm going to start closing doors. I mean, my my husband is not the most organized person in the world. That's why I have, you know, this room, it's my office guest room. And every time I come in here, it's just calm, quiet. I I feel peace. And, you know, my husband, I make a joke all the time that he has his traveling campsite because he like pops up tent. There's like the whole thing, you know, and I can't control that. There's a misnomer. I think that you can teach people around you to be organized. That's not like lead by example. That's just not true. It's just, I've never seen it happen. People don't spontaneously become organized because some people just don't care. Like he right. can step over a pile. It doesn't bother him at all. Right. But for me, I need things orderly. I need things. I need to be able to find things quickly. It causes me anxiety. If I have to step over a pile, I can't do that because that's how I operate. It's what I need. That's why there's like different clutter personalities. Um, but you know, when you know that you can set up your home in a way to support that. 
So it might mean like bringing in a housekeeper twice a week or, you know, having an organizing team come in. If you're a gold like I am and you live with five people that are really disorganized and data doesn't bother them, you may need a little bit more support. So I think that's the part of like cohabitating with other people that um, where you have an opportunity when you understand what you need to get the other people on board because they're not going to just spontaneously become organized. They can learn things. Kids do actually respond well to having homes for things. But your partner, it, it's, it's a lot harder, I think, to teach adults. Um, and so it just means being more intentional about the systems that you create to maintain your home as well. In your experience, where do people, where in the home do people have the most baggage? Where does all this stuff that, you know, where does stuff build up in the, in the average home? Bathrooms and garages are kind of, <laughs> there's a lot of symbolism there. Like, <laughs> it goes to the bathroom in the, in the garage, um, which is funny because for me, again, the bathroom is my favorite place. I love to create the bathroom. I like it to be almost like a spa and it's so easy to keep it clean. If you, you know, are intentional about it. Cause it's small, it's not a massive, massive space. And it can very easily be kind of sanctuary like, but a lot of people make that just a dumping ground for product and toys and all kinds of things. And it doesn't need to be. Um, I think that's like an easier thing to control. Whereas like the garage, whew, it just all goes into the garage. Mm-hmm. You know, people love to store things for the someday maybes, right? And then all of a sudden your house is a, you know, danger zone <laughs> where you're getting toppled over by boxes. And, you know, that's probably one of the biggest things that people call us in for. So what would your process be for a garage? If my husband and I wanted to clear out our garage this weekend, what would your steps be? So that's where the method comes in. We The, the methodology in the book, and hopefully uh, I'll send you guys a copy of it, but it walks you through step by step how to go through the Simplify Streamline Style methodology. So for simplify, that's where we're decluttering. We literally pull everything out of the garage. Okay. It seems daunting. So I would say, you know, if, if depending on the scope of your, you know, however cluttered your garage is, you're going to need to dedicate some time. You know, it can be you and your husband. You could bring in a friend, bring in the kids, but you're going to need to dedicate a couple of days. Typically, I mean, some, some garages, and I, I tell this to people, be prepared for what it is because it's, it's daunting. It takes time. We bring in teams. People don't understand. Like we bring in teams sometimes to do an entire space and it can take multiple days. So understanding that that's going to be part of the process is huge. But so the, the process itself is to pull everything out okay. of the garage, everything. And you're going to start grouping like with like. So whether it's camping supplies over here or sports equipment old photo albums, just group it together. And then you're going to process it. So we're going to like, you know, go through each item, decide whether you love it, need it or keep it. You've set up your bins, you've got your donate bin, your give to mom bin, your recycling bin, your trash bin, your e-waste bin, because all of those things are in the garage. Just set up those boxes, label them. doesn't have to be anything fancy. You're going to go through each item. Do I love it, need it or use it? Love it, need it, or use it. That's what we call processing as organizers. So that's really the decluttering. That's always the hardest part. That's the biggest piece of the puzzle is to just go through it. But it's fun, actually. It sounds daunting, but it can actually be really fun because it feels good to let go of all of that stuff. You know, you feel calmer. You get cl- so much clarity because it's intentional. And, and if you can dedicate your time to that process, it's liberating. 
So that's always where you start. Simplify. The second is to streamline. So now we've gone through the whole garage. We know exactly what we want to keep. We're going to zone it out. So we're going to create zones around the garage. This is where I want to put sports equipment. This is where I want to hang, you know, all my camping gear. This is where our, this is going to be our memory zone over here. You need to just measure the space and do some research around what product you want to use. So maybe it's putting up some shelves. The container store has great modular systems for a space like a garage customizable. You can move them around. You can, you know, they attach to the wall from a single rod. They're great. Um, or just simple Home Depot shelves, you know, whatever it takes to met, to maximize that space. That's the streamlining. You know, what we try and do and what I try and teach people to do is to think about the styling part, because if you, for instance, choose cohesive bins and it looks great and they have nice labels on them and maybe you put up a giant pegboard, whatever it is to make it look really great, you're going to be so much more inspired to maintain it, right? You're not going to want to clutter it up again. It's going to feel really good. It's going to look good. And you're going to say, okay, now that I've gotten it to this place, I want to maintain it. So that's always the last step is to kind of add some kind of styling element because that's what will inspire you to keep it tidy. (laughs) You mentioned your book. Where can yes. people find your book and where can people find more information about the Simply Spaced method? Sure. So the book is called Simply Spaced, Clear the Clutter and Style Your Life. It's available now for pre-sale. It comes out on October 8th and um, it's pretty much anywhere books are sold. So you can find it on Barnes Noble, Amazon. You can just Google it and it'll come up. I'm not sure when this episode is going live, but we'll have a special pre-order on my website. So if you go to simplyspaced.com backsplash book, you'll get a free download. And that's like my clutter. I have five clutter-free style guides that are, sorry, uh, product guides that will give you some product ideas for each space. So clutter-free product ideas, because I think that's one of the things that people get stuck on a lot is not knowing what to buy and where. So I have some free guides for you um, over on my website. So one of the things we like to have our our guest instructors do is to give our audience a little bit of a homework assignment. So what's a little homework assignment that you could give to our listeners? Oh, this is so good. I love this. (laughs) Okay. So my challenge is to use the method that I described to challenge yourself to approach one space in your home. If you don't have a four hour block or a couple days to go through this, start with a drawer. So easy. Go start with your drunk junk drawer because I'm trying, what I'm trying to do with this whole methodology is teach people how to think like a professional organizer, right? Like this methodology can be applied to anything. It can be applied to your car. It can be applied to your electronics drawer. It can be applied to your drunk drawer. It can be applied to your pantry. Simplify streamline style. So choose one thing. Literally, if it's a junk drawer, pull everything out, group like with like to simplify, get do your processing, get rid of anything that you don't need, uh, streamline, measure, do the measurements, get some bins that will fit everything that you know you need to keep in that drawer, and then style it. Put some pretty labels on it so you're inspired to maintain it. You know, whatever it is, following the method, but just choose one thing that you can do and just teach yourself to think like how an organizer would think. And I think you'll realize in that process that this can be applied to anything. And when you conquer one thing, even if it's something as small, you could apply this to your purse, <laughs> you know, pull everything out, group like with like, get rid of what doesn't serve you. You know, you can, you can do this in any, with anything. So the challenge is just, just try it out, 
send me your notes, see, see how you feel about it. And um, yeah, that's a good assignment. Where do people find you? So I am at simplyspace.com www.simplyspace.com is my website and we're pretty much on all the social media channels as simply spaced so on instagram simply spaced facebook etc well everyone that's all for this episode thank you so much for being here with us monica and thanks for listening remember if you guys want extra credit then share subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening and if you do monica's homework don't forget to tag us in your pictures have a great week and we will talk to you guys soon Thanks for listening, and remember, if you want extra credit, then subscribe, share, and rate us. Skip to the next episode for your pop quiz and review. Class is dismissed.